0: Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Beggins Brothers podcast. You got Jeff Beggins and Craig Beggins. Here's what you're going to get here, and you're going to get something real. You're going to get something raw, and you're going to get some real-ass experience. We've got over 60,000 transactions, 28 years, billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of real estate sold here, and thousands of agents recruited, trained, coached, held through good times, bad times.
1: And I'll say thousands of stupid agent mistakes that we want to teach you about so you don't have to recreate the wheel.
0: That's right. So shave off a lot of time that it's going to take you to get to a next level by listening. So we appreciate you guys paying attention and enjoy it and enjoy the Beggins Brothers Podcast. All right, what's going on BE3? Well, we're back at the Beggins Brothers Podcast except we're missing one legitimate brother. Yes. And we've got this guy stepping in in the meantime. I guess you're kind of an adopted brother at this stage of the game.
1: Yeah, that's why. Jonathan's going to hyphen the name now. I think that's probably an official thing.
0: And uh yeah. Mike Puma Beggins. Yeah, or Beggins Puma. Yeah. I- I'm okay the way. You guys can vote on which whatever, way you think yeah, to Yeah, whatever
1: estimate. makes it you guys feel better. But yeah, I think
0: I've I think at this point might as well hyphenate it. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the podcast here. We've got two really interesting <laughs> topics today. One is going to really infuriate Mike and the other (laughs) one's going to bring you a lot of value. So I'm going to start with the one with value for you guys first and then we'll get there. Fair enough. All right. So we're doing something really cool right now is that's building from our next level university, which we do quarterly. And we break it from different levels of agent production. And then after that, we ask the agents to pick a lane, right? Yep. And so we have three different lane classes going and one is um, work in your sphere with social. Yep. Um, second one is really digging in through expireds and remine and niche marketing. And then the third one is doing for sale by owners and leveraging our real shore platforms and the buyers and all. It's pretty cool. So you're doing the social sphere when I'm doing the FISBO one. And we, every Monday morning at nine 30, we just do a big zoom call. It's really cool. Yeah. And I'm um, getting great results. So I wonder, one thing happened to me yesterday that I think is going to bring a lot of value to you. And it's this one of the girls in, in my class, her name is Amber and Amber calls me and says, holy shit, this is really easy. I got one, right? First of all, let me put the context to it. Um, their goal, their, their, their homework assignment was to go through the lead sources that we talked about. They're gonna pull 40 for sale by owners. They're gonna scrub those 40 down until they find 10 that they actually connect with that run through the, lead, the real shore program. And they're gonna go see all 10 of them. They're going to have a certain talking track, which we went over. And they're going to record themselves out those doors, right? So yep. they're going to record them then they're going to send me the recording. And then next week, we're going to actually go through the recordings and we're going to kind of critique and coach kind of their connections or their miscommunications or attract and repel. So it's pretty cool. It's going to build on itself for the, for the rest of this quarter. So she calls me. She's like, oh, my God, I got one. And I said, tell me about how it happened. And so she calls up on the phone, talks to this one lady and she goes, well, it's interesting timing. Because we just interviewed an agent and we weren't really impressed and we're open to interviewing another one um when can you come over and she's like oh my god right and which happens you know everything's a numbers game and and luck is part of the thing in timing so she goes what do i do now because i'm not really used to somebody saying yes right away and where's the process how do we kind of work that whole thing out she goes is it always this easy and that's what i want to get into for a second right now because is it always this easy and I said, okay, I need you to just quiet, simp- just be quiet for a second. And I want you to understand this very, very clearly, because this is going to make or break your entire real estate career, um, the way that this conversation is going to end here. And she says, okay. I said, look, yes, every single deal is going to be this easy. Every single deal is this easy, except where you're going to screw it up is that you're not going to have your timing right. Okay which creates the false appearance that things aren't working this easily. But the real truth is, is once you get to a certain point in a transaction, if you have trust and if they know that you care about them, and if there's a connection there, it's a natural progression. It's a natural ending to a sales cycle is a signature, right? That's just the way it works. So in this particular case, this agent has been trying, this seller had been trying to sell their house for, weeks prior to her actually entering into the equation, she happened to enter the equation. And by real luck, right, she showed up just at that right time, you know, how we do that cocky matrix, and we will put a link to the cocky matrix video on that one of the cocky matrix is right where cockiness and motivation intersect. And that's the moment of decision where people actually decide to hire an agent, especially right. for sale by owner. So she just happened to make that call right at that moment where those little points were were the interception point right there so that is where she ended up yeah so but the really 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 important point is a she i said look it's not easy and it wasn't luck because you were able to connect with her very quickly because as we say it takes seven seconds in person to form a connection it takes three seconds over the phone this was over the phone yep so with some skill because she's been through the trainings that we're doing she knows how to match the hellos she knows how to to do that just to make the the connection start from the beginning so that kind of set the stage for going yep so
1: but i think it's it's an interesting point of i think you have to define easy mm-hmm. right but if we're looking at an easy from the amount of effort she was looking at easy as being i the amount of effort i had to put in to get the deal wasn't very much right i mean one phone call and she said yes come see me mm-hmm. that's how she's valuing easy but the reality is i would argue that if she called for 30 days in a row to different FISBOs and finally got the yes. That's just as easy, right? right. She's literally doing one thing. That's it. Yeah. It's not complicated, right? Which I vote if it's not complicated. It's simple, which means it's easy, right? This business is easy. You have to pick something and go do it consistently. Now, the result may not always be as easy. The result may not be as quick as you want it. The result may not be immediate like happened to, to mm-hmm. you know, happen to happen to her, but that doesn't mean it's hard. The call is the business is simple. Now, what is hard is picking up the actual phone to call because there's a million things going on in your head saying, don't yep. do that. Yep. You shouldn't do that. Don't pick up that phone. You don't need it. You don't want it. Right. That's going on in here. So the battle you're ha- you're going to have to pick up those, the phone and make those phone calls the first time, that's not easy. for a lot of people but once you start making the calls it's easy because now if she really wants more business from that keep making more phone calls right now it's not always going to be that the first one you call says
0: yes sometimes but it's
1: the same process and once you created that framework you're creating the opportunity for someone to say yes and it's like that in every lane that we do
0: so in this particular case so she says oh my gosh if this can happen then I've really set my goals too low. I'm like, thank you. Right? If you believe you set your goals too low, you've set your goals too low. Because if you did this and and part of our pick a lane approach on this is she's picking a lane. She is not allowed to swerve, right? You don't swerve when you're in a lane. So she's going full in balls to the wall for sale by owner. So she's going to call there's 541 for sale by owners in this particular market right now, 541. So she's committed to going to go see and talk with every single one of them. And, you know, and I have zero doubt that she'll do that. And it's physically impossible not to get a deal. She knows she'll get at least 10 listings in the next couple weeks. And I 100% believe she will because mm-hmm. she believes she will. And there's gonna be way more than that actually list. So all she has to do is get in front of them and connect. Now, while she's doing that, one or two things is gonna happen. She's gonna, I think a lot of what happened on this particular call, Was a natural connection but there was something about her that that seller liked trusted and felt comfortable with from the very beginning and it was her tonality it was the way she sounded it was the way she said hello it was something from a subconscious level that allowed her to feel comfortable enough to say come on over let's talk yep now the other 540 of them they're not all going to just naturally subconsciously feel a connection on here she's going to have to earn that trust because trust is the currency of the future and she will never get a deal unless they, she feels, they feel comfortable with you and they trust you and they know they're good at what you do. So her now job is to fill this pipeline with as many of those 540 as she can physically get to and then at the end of the day, be there. And that's the whole job now is just be there, be there, be there because this little matrix, right, with motivation and cockiness, when those two things converge, that's going to happen. But if she's not top of mind at that exact moment, when that for sale by owner surrenders, like literally, this is what happens. They're thinking, they're talking, and then, oh shit, I'm done doing this myself. I need to hire somebody. Blink, search, search this file cabinet. Do I have an agent that is good, that I trust, that I like, that actually cares about me? Boom. And the, if you have done your job right, you come back on that search result, and boom, they get you. Right? So that is, I said, that is all you need to worry about is make sure you establish that connection, you bring value along the way hold their hand, help them out, don't fight them, don't tell them they're stupid, none of that stuff. You're there to help, show them the home inspectors, give them the contracts, help them with proper disclosures, help them negotiate an offer if they get one, give them the mortgage guy, give them the title company, go pressure wash their garage. I don't care what you do, but be there top of mind during that process, so when that instant happens, you're the only one that searches that search result. There's only one result, and if you do your job right, you win, and that's it. So if she does just that, she will win, and she will absolutely get 10 listings in the next few weeks. Same thing you will be doing, too, if you focus on it.
1: Now, going back to the connection thing, she's going to call people that are going to like her. She's going to call people that don't like her. Yep. There's two arguments to be made there. Uh Should she spend time on the people that may not like her based on her personality type, right? And try and change herself or the ways that she's communicating to connect with that individual, or does she say, screw it. I only want to work with people that like me and that are like myself, because that's the business I want to build. She could go one way or the other.
0: And both of them will work if you have the proper scale.
1: Right, Right. so it all comes back to at the end of the day, what type of business are you trying to build, right? But we deal with that all the time. Some people like
0: it, some people don't. I I just had a flashback to when I started, when I started in this business, 23 years old, banging on phone numbers, right? All day long, for a few hours a day, just on the phone, on the phone, on the phone. I didn't have a clue what DISC VAK was at all. It was brute force, sheer numbers, sales as a numbers game, get your ass out there. Enough people that you talk to, you make more money, if you wanna make money, you're gonna talk to more people. The more people you talk to, the more money you make, get your ass on the phone, go, 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 thank you, Mike Ferry, worked, right? And it, it does work. now. That was just whatever. I'm sure I pissed off a ton of people along the way. And I didn't care, and I didn't know, but I got enough business that I really didn't care because I was right. making the sheer number of contacts, Yeah. right? So had I known then, what I now know, I would have been able to either make a lot more money in the same amount of time, or the same amount of money in a shorter period of time. Yeah, and no, it, I think, I think that's a choice. Yeah, I think that But it's a sense. true physical choice because it's whatever you want to do. And if you right. don't want to go through, it takes work to be able to slip into neutral to figure out what you're dealing with and actually relate with them at the world that they're actually operating in. And it's a skill set. It's a job. It's, it's hard work and it's very important. But it also isn't important if you're going to blow a ton of numbers out and you don't really care about repeat and referral business. But we operate, I operate on the mindset of every single deal you do is worth 130000 bucks. Correct. So if I can give you an extraordinary experience, then now I own you and I own your family and I own your tribe. I own your coworkers. I own your neighbors because I am now your real estate agent. And anytime anything happens in real estate, when your AC goes out, when your palm tree goes down, your fence gets blown over, you're going to call me because you know, I got your back and I'm going to help you with anything. That is the value that you create with a connection. If you just want to bang out deals, doesn't matter what you do.
1: Yeah. Because, well, then it becomes 100% attract, repel.
0: Attract and repel. Yep. That's right. Let's get into that for a minute. Okay. Phase two of our podcast. Today. So <laughs> well, This is
1: the phase you said I'm not going to like. Right.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Now, this is actually a really important, important topic right now because we had a, a meeting earlier today where it was um, – um, Suggested that Mike is a condescending prick who doesn't like agents. Yeah. And I take care of myself and work to make sure shit just happens that I want to happen.
1: So you're selfish and I'm condescending. Correct.
0: Okay. And, and this is excellent learning here. And this is really important. So I want you to pay attention to this for a second. Because... Are you a condescending prick? Do I? Could I be? Sure. Right. absolutely. But, but is he? But the but answer is to this person. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and perceptions I am, am I, reality. Am I a selfish prick to to whoever thinks that about me? Yep. Yeah. Do, should I care? Is kind of a topic. Should you care, and should I care about this?
1: So I think it. I think it goes goes a variety of ways, right? The way I look at this is and we just had a playful call with, with one of the agents who you had said, Yeah, I know she thinks this, right? So I called her I called her out, called her up. And the reason I did that is because I do care
0: enough. It about, was fun. He said, uh hi. So yeah. it's been brought to my attention <laughs> that you think I'm a condescending prick. Just I'd like, like to that. Discuss that.
1: Just flat out. <laughs> just just straight up ask her. Um but the reason I did that and the reason that I care about what she thinks is because i believe intent matters 100 percent, right and that particular agent i really do care about and i want to make sure that she gets that she does continue to grow and i don't want her to have that perception because the reality is i do care about her i care about her family and i want her to get better and grow right right so Obviously, I am hard on her and I think that is translated into me being a condescending prick because I do challenge her and those conversations that we have aren't Do you
0: give her shit when she doesn't I do. do what she I says I hold she's
1: her do. I try and hold her accountable right. and I'll give her a hard time if she's not doing the things that I know she's capable of doing because I love her, but right. that comes across and can be perceived and or redirected as me being mean or, or condescending right. or whatever. So, I wanted to clear that up. And I will continue to clear that up with her because it's important to me for her that she knows that I, at the end of the day, I have her back and I I don't want that out there between me and her. There are some people though that I don't care. Right? So I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the intent of what I'm trying to accomplish and who I'm trying to accomplish it with. And there are some people that you're just never going to see eye to eye with and that you're never going to have that relationship with. And therefore, if I don't have the intent to, to repair that relationship, I'm not going to. Right. Right. And I think, but I need to be okay then knowing that that's going to be their thought and I need to be okay with that because otherwise I should be out there trying to fix it. But if you truly don't care, then you, you just don't care.
0: And it also depends a lot about what kind of business are you looking to build at the same time too? Yeah. Uh, This is interesting. We were talking earlier today on on the rides into work. Um, State of the Union Address was last night. You yeah. couldn't get a more polarizing morning, right? Yeah that in, in the United States at least than this morning. Because the people who watch the State of the Union Address, there is a very clear line of that was the most kick-ass, motivating, rah-rah speech you've ever heard in your life, or that guy is the <laughs> biggest POS in the entire planet Earth. And there's no middle ground.
1: No, you're and, either with them or against them.
0: And, and there is, it's about 50% mm-hmm. on either side. we'll see which way that balances out in the election. Right. But here's the reality of it. That's the way the whole world is too. Yeah. So, but here's why this is the fun part about this one. Let's take Trump, for example, the people that hate Donald Trump, why is that?
1: He's just different than what they're
0: used to. They're, that's it. Okay. There's something from a subconscious level that triggers aggravation, okay? Or hatred or whatever extreme level you want of it. But he reminds half of the people of somebody they hate, right? It's a psychological trigger, DNA sure. strand of, I wasn't raised that way, you're different than me, screw you, I hate you, All Right? Yeah. And there's the people that feel comfortable, like, you know, he reminds me of somebody that I like or I admire and I like that and I like you. Right? And so that's the whole thing. So there's pe- people that there's people that same thing with me, I remind some people of so I have some characters or remind them of somebody that I like, so therefore they like me. And then there's other people that I remind them of somebody or there's things that I do to remind me of someone they hate me. I don't it's fine. Either way, it's it's attract or repel. And I don't ever mean to back to your intent. There's nothing I'll ever do to anybody to hurt him ever. Yeah, everything I do is to help them. But if they don't like my style, the way that I do that, or they're the haters involved, I don't really care because it's irrelevant in the world because I'll help anybody. Right. Right. And if you want it, great. And if you don't, that's fine. I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's not in a, in a selfish manner. That's just in a, I'm, that's me manner. Yeah. absolutely. That's just the way that that all works out together. So that's, that's the question is, do you really want to care? And then the conversation we had earlier I said, look, it really doesn't matter because if you take this business, for example, I mean, we're, when you guys see where we're growing this business to, it'll blow your mind when it's and it's already happening, right? But if you scale this company the way that it's scaling right now and where we're going to, we don't want to be everything to everyone. We can't be. can't
1: be. You can't be. When you're trying to build a big business, you can't be. When you're trying to get to scale, you can't be everything to everyone. Right. And you need to understand truly who you are what your intent is and what are you trying to accomplish and anything outside of that is somewhat irrelevant. And, and now what's funny is there are people, the S personalities of the world that hear stuff like that and go, Oh my God, what an asshole. Right? Cause it seems like we don't condescending care. Prick. Cond- yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reframing <laughs> that condescending prick. <laughs> <You're right. clears throat> You know and and i get it right if i'm looking at it from their perspective understanding how an s personality thinks about the world in s and really even a c when you're when you're super caring about everyone and everything you can't fathom the fact that someone would say uh, i'm going down this path you want peace and
0: harmony yeah
1: you want everyone to get along and right. and and i get it so
0: from an S's perspective you really should calm down so you don't offend absolutely
1: person. i shouldn't say i should right. go to you and say it's okay that you didn't shoot that video it's okay that you didn't post today right, right? Yeah. that's how i should be right and that's how i should communicate from their perspective, from their perspective. It creates harmony and peace. right and so for me that's really tough because my style is what are you doing you want more business right you right. told me you want more business why are you not posting right right how does that Which come across to them that's confrontational. It's condescending. I hate them. I don't like them. I'm mean to them. Right. right? So I get it. There's no, no question. You know, I, I completely get it at the end of the day, it becomes, does it matter? And I would argue if, if our goal is to build one of the largest brokerages in the country, which it is, I don't think we can accomplish it if I'm worried about that because I can't, can't, I can't possibly grow to that scale and treat everyone that way. I can't on a one-on-one,
0: That's where I, was going I next, can't,
1: on I can't do it on a group setting. Right? Right. I just got to deliver the message the way that I know how to deliver the message and be comfortable delivering the message. I can't sit here and go, it's okay, everyone to not do that. I, I, that's not me. Right. And that's, if it is you, it's you, but it, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be authentic. It's for not me.
0: authentic. And it would ultimately not last because then you're not really anything to anybody, you're trying to be everything to everyone. It's really nothing to anybody and it's a fake bullshit. Well,
1: all the, all the D's in the room are going, dude, why is this? Like, why is he not just telling us what we need to do? Right? Right? So like from a dominant personality perspective, they're all going to look at me and they're not going to like it because they're like, dude, this guy is like weak and he's not, he's not delivering a a strong message. Like, so it goes always, I think at the end of the day you have to be true to yourself and you have to understand that at the end of the day, we're going to build a team, that likes what we do or doesn't like what we do, the ones that don't, aren't gonna be on board, the ones that do will, and we believe that there are enough that will, that it it makes everything else irrelevant. And
0: and here's the fun part, it's a conscious choice too, because, I mean, those of you who know me, you've been around for a long time, this is what I am, right? This is what I say, this is the way that it is, and you like it or you don't, and it's okay, right? But if if I were to change that, in any aspect of it, it's inauthentic, and it's not going to be real. And I would rather be surrounded by people that like the real me, no. rather than people that like a fake version of me, because that's just bullshit, right? So put it out there, put yourself out there at scale, right? To whatever scale creates the income that makes you happy, right? And I'm not talking big scale, because my passion's marketing. I know yours is too. I love marketing. That just drives the world. But if you look at what's driven and changed in the marketing side of the world, everybody from a mass marketing perspective to try to build brand was trying to be politically correct, Mm -hmm. non-offensive and just vanilla out there enough to be kind of memorable, but not offensive. So that at least they remember what you said versus today. It's just contextual. I am raw. Like if you like horses and orchids, right? Yeah. And you hate Donald Trump. Here's your message. Right? Absolutely completely. Hey, I know you hate Donald Trump. Check out this beautiful orchid blah. Right. And now I've got complete connection and it's completely contextual and I can go real raw in and out. If I don't align with those views, it's going to be inauthentic. It's not going to work, but I could seek out people that have commonalities and I can really target that message right to those people. Well, and you're seeing
1: what's crazy to me and what I love from a marketing perspective is when you look now at the biggest brands in the world, they are doing the same thing, right? There's no more. The biggest brands in the world used to play it safe, right? They never do anything that's controversial because it could damage the brand. Right. But now you have brands like Nike saying, "Mm -mm. you know what? No, we're not. We believe in what Colin Kaepernick is doing. And you may think that he's being ridiculous, but we're going to go and give him a deal and promote the hell out of them because we actually support what he's trying and to do. And there were a lot right? of people that burned their shoes. There were that people day. that burned their shoes. Yep. Did Nike crumble? Nope. nope. Did Nike come back and say, you know what? No, we're not going to do it with him anymore. Nope. Right? So the reality is Nike made the decision. You know what? We are going to go with what we believe is right. You don't have to agree. We believe in our intent. We believe who we're, what we're trying to accomplish. And we believe that there's enough people... That will still buy Nike shoes, that it will not affect our bottom line at the end of the day. It did short term, yep. but it won't long term, right? right. And, and gain more people. <laughs> and gain more because there's more people now that will double down and buy more of their yep. stuff because. They support Nike because Nike supports Kaepernick and they support, so.
0: And short-term memory fades for the people who really exactly. they still like the shoes. The Listen,
1: I don't know. like, I personally don't like Kaepernick's choice. I was wearing Nike shoes yesterday, right? Like yeah. it, so at the end of the day,
0: you it know. Fades. Cause it fades. But go contextual to real estate for a second Some of the best agents that I know that I follow that I watch, right? Some with our company, some not with our company. What I love about them is they're them, right? You see them wearing their workout shit, bullshitting, singing in their car on the way to the gym, Seeing Mm -hmm. them playing with their kids, seeing them showing a house, seeing the real person that is the real personality that comes out versus the people that try to face it. Let me play it safe and say, if you've ever considered wanting to market value, please let me know. Bullshit. You could smell it from a million miles away. And that's, they're not playing attract and repel. When you try to be everything to everybody, you're gonna repel everybody because there's nothing of substance there. So you you gotta go all in and go deep. You can't in today's world, right? It's not like it was before.
1: The fake it till you make it, you're exposed. The internet exposes everything, right? So at the end of the day, it is impossible in today's world for you to hide long-term. You're exposed. Anyone can really find just about anything out about you pretty much anytime they want, right? So with that said, why not just own it then, right? There's no what? more hiding. And so what you're seeing a lot of brands do, you're seeing a lot of agency, you're seeing a lot of people do is say, you know what? I, I am who I am and I'm just going to be that. And And I think that is for me, I'm excited about it because I think it leads to happiness, personal happiness. Yeah. But I also think it leads to building a really cool business, not just a business, a really cool business that that individual will enjoy because they're attracting other people to do business with them that are like themselves. And so you're going to create a really happy, cool business versus just growing something for the sake of growing. Now,
0: I got to clarify something. So it's not muddy here now to be yourself, grow a business, attract the people long-term to help you build your brand 100%. Now from a conceptual level, if I'm going to go to 20 for sale by owners in the next two days, I'm going to use skill, right? And skill set allows me to go into neutral to actually see who I'm about to deal with, to relate with them the best way I can to give them an extraordinary real estate experience. So they trust me. So they let me in. Okay. You guys follow on this though? That is a little different. So if I am not super analytical, right? And I don't speak like a little old lady from Kentucky who's analytical, it's okay for me to neutral, slow down, connect with that lady from Kentucky, and show her how I'm gonna make sure the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, because she feels comfortable in this transaction with me as her savior to hold her hands to guide her through this largest financial transaction.
1: I think the line in the sand is, there's a difference between hunting and attracting, right? When you're going after for sale by owners, you're making the conscious effort to go talk to those people. So it's in your job then to go into neutral and- and
0: That's a takedown, that's a hunt. Yes, you're hunting,
1: right? Attracting is different yep. because if I am putting out content or trying to attract other people who I don't know who I'm talking to right and I'm trying to attract them, going into neutral then is not necessarily the best idea because now you're gonna be in Manila and you, yeah. you're not you can't do it right. right. So when I'm pushing out, I am who I am. Right. When I am going in and I'm asking you to come talk to me, I owe it to you. To then try and get into your world because i'm hunting you i'm and, not, and that That's sounds right. terrible but i i am trying to go after you specifically one-on-one big difference C- right big now, difference
0: if i really wanted to be way more attractive to analyticals i could do it right i don't want to be because <laughs> and i mean this in the nicest realest <coughs> of all ways right yeah because if if i'm going to surround i'm just i'm not very analytical i can do I could be extremely analytical and I could do it very well. And I could outspreadsheet most people with the abilities to be able to do it. I just don't enjoy it. I don't like it, yeah. right? And my personality style is I don't like to get buried into the details. I like to get shit done, right? So if I were to falsely pretend I was way more analytical than I am, I'd be attractive to more analytical people. Then I'd surround myself with more analytical people who would end up aggravating me, um, uh, right, right, down the point. So for, that's a great example of, I mean, I never pretend to be. I don't even wiggle in the fact that I'm analytical because that's an attraction and repel strategy that I don't want that.
1: Correct. So I think the difference though, let's use that as an example. So when you put out content, the way you communicate, Mm -hmm. any analytical that happens to stumble across that content is very likely not going to engage with you or like you because that's not for them. Right? However, if Jeff knocked on the door and you answer, and he instantly realizes just by a couple, com- couple sentences in that you're an analytical person. By the way that you're talking, your demeanor, your job, everything else that he's going to dig in and realize, yep. he's going to very quickly learn your analytical. For that conversation, he's going to become more analytical. Yep. And that is the difference. Because if you think about it, but, it's out of respect why? for you. That's it. Right? Yeah. Because he knows that you need to, you should feel comfortable. He knocked on your door. You didn't ask to come talk to him. He asked to come talk to you. So out of respect for you, he needs to come down to your world. He needs to enter your world and become more like you. Because I know in
0: order for you to feel comfortable and trust to guide, let me guide you through your biggest financial transaction, that the way you sort information and data is you need to make sure that somebody is thorough, dots the I's and crosses the T's and has your back. And if I'm gonna, if I understand your language patterns and structures, I will deliver that 100% to make you feel comfortable to do right. it. Right? And you will have a great transaction. Yes. Because so I know that, I'm the best. So that is the, the difference. But here's the key. <clears throat> what drives that is that I know for a fact that, and from an agent recruiting perspective too, we've got a lot of really great analytical yeah. agents on our team too that I love working with. Okay? Yep. Uh, it, I don't want a whole bunch of them, but I love working <laughs> with them. Right? But that's the reality of the whole thing. But when we get to a point, and I find some really great, people that I like that are more analytical, we can give them everything that they need. And I do give Mm -hmm. them everything they need because we have it all. So that's the point. So I can make them feel comfortable because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's not another brokerage, right? That will outwork, outcare and outperform to help that agent's business get better than me and us as a company. So for me to not respect the way that they process information and communicate, it's just wrong yeah to give them an extraordinary experience means that i need to maybe slow it down and explain things more thoroughly absolutely i'm gonna do that
1: especially when you knocked on their door
0: that's right right
1: you said hey let me help you yep. and if you don't actually deliver information that they find helpful
0: that's disrespectful
1: right, that's right. you never yep. should have knocked on that door if you didn't have that intent to do that right so. so i think that's that's the big separation between the two that's right
0: so we had a couple topics today yeah so it was kind of an intervention about being a condescending prick for Mike Yep. and selfish one for me.
1: Yep. You're a selfish prick. <laughs> don't, right, don't forget the right. prick part.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. That was more you. I think you own that part. Oh, <laughs> man. And well. then really, I mean, the takeaway for you guys is be you while you're attracting, be respectful of their them when you're hunting. And then also from a takeaway perspective, make sure that you realize that these deals are very simple. People are going to transact whenever they're ready to transact. And you cannot force that, you cannot speed it out, you cannot rush it. You just have to be top of mind at that moment in time when they're ready to transact. That is the end period, end of story. Just guide them, bring them value until that moment in time comes and then you will just watch business start rolling back to you. That's my takeaway.
1: Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. I think at the end of the day, um, be true to yourself, but also respect Your clients respect who you're talking to, especially when hunting. And uh, if we can ever do anything to help you, please let us know. Let us know. We're here for you.
0: All right. Talk to you guys next week. Yep. Thanks for watching. See you later.